0: Welcome to The Bright-Eyed, a podcast dedicated toward empowering our generation. Each week, I interview teen changemakers who have a purpose, a passion, and are doing something about it. We are more than capable of changing our world for the better. Let's see who's rising to the occasion. I'm your host, Daisy No, and this is The Bright-Eyed. Welcome to the bright eye. So today I'm here with the sibling duo of bakers and activists, Sarah and Camilla Belonta. Together, they founded a small business called OC Cupcakes for BLM, which strives to empower youth involvement in the Black Lives Matter movement. Sarah, a junior at the Orange County School of the Arts, has, collabor- has also collaborated with her fellow black students to instigate change and create an anti-racist environment at her school. And Camilla, a rising eighth grader, has an interest in tumbling and gymnastics and hopes to enroll in the Culinary Arts Conservatory at OSHA in the future. Welcome to the show, you two. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I want to start this interview off by asking when the two of you started baking. Was it at different times or did you guys kind of get into it at the same time? Um, we started like
1: watching our mom like when we were very young and we would just watch her on the counter. And then we gradually started helping out until we could do things ourselves. And we actually started making videos on YouTube. We
2: started baking. Yeah, we just started baking since we were really little, also because our mom had a small baking business for like a year or two with one of our close family friends. So we kind of like drew from her experience in that field when we kind of wanted to go back into it and start our cupcake business a month ago.
0: So um, how, in what ways has your mom kind of inspired your baking today?
1: She helps a lot. Like she tastes them and she gives me tips on um, what else to add and like mistakes she made with our family friend and like how we can improve on many different things that she did when she was working on her business
2: she also gives us a lot of she helps out a lot when it comes to like the finances like the accounting for like the business and kind of just like okay we can donate this amount of percent and then kind of just arranging everything on the financial side which is more what i do which is what is kind of helpful when we work together
0: Right. That's super cool. You guys are like that dynamic duo, like the business side. I think that's super cool. Um, So, could you tell us a little bit about your cupcake business, OC Cupcakes for BLM?
2: Um, Our cupcake business is basically um, a small Orange County-based business, and each week we um, designate a new Black-led organization to donate 80% of our profits towards, and we sell mainly cupcakes, but each week we have one or two specials. For example, this week our specials are brownies and cinnamon banana crumble muffins, and so like they change each week and basically oh also our entire um all of our your pastries are vegan which is very important because camilla's also like vegetarian and we're kind of trying to involve ourselves more in a cruelty-free lifestyle but sometimes here and then um we make a pastry and it can't be vegan but it's only usually one in the entire menu that isn't and yeah and then so we take orders for one week, and we usually post the organization on a Monday on the afternoon. And then the following week, we deliver cupcakes Monday through Thursday around 5 to 9 p.m.
1: What have inspired you guys to start? Um, well, we really had nothing to do because of quarantine. <laughs> and uh, my mom kept telling me to do something. And I really like baking. Um, and it was very cool to think that what something I love to do can benefit something I'm also passionate about and could help um, a lot of people and the Black community and different organizations that I really support. Also, I think um, what was a really um, good motive in
2: creating our business was a concept of having a way to make easy consistent donations each week which i think is really important because for me personally like when the entire movement kind of reignited again in like um like may 29th kind of that area we made like one donation and then it's like i think it's kind of hard for people to make continuous donations and especially us because personally we can't like donate all the time. So we thought this was a really like cool idea to be able to amass a larger amount of money and also educate people on different organizations and selecting different issues that um, happen in the Black community to kind of just like distribute the donations well roundedly if that makes sense not only to one thing because there can be one problem like for example mass incarceration we could give um, a portion of our proce- uh, proceeds here but there's also like an organization that we have this week um, undocu black which is helping undocumented black immigrants because there's a bunch of issues there so i guess it's also kind of an idea that there's not only one thing that we need to fix. It's like a really big chain and we need to kind of be focusing on different
0: things. Yeah, exactly. So you guys kind of worked with a lot of different organizations. Um, did one in particular kind of stand out to you as something you were like super interested
1: in or you were like, Oh, that was super cool. I really liked looking into Isaiah and Fahim's because it really helped them and other uh things that we needed to work on. Like um, we needed uh, more people to start uh, looking into farming and their organically farm. Um, and it was really cool to see that happen. And, and it was really close. It was in San Francisco too
2: my favorite organization has been Black because I when I was researching into it I found a lot of things that were completely unexpected to me because Black is basically a creative network that is uniting formerly and currently undocumented black immigrants and fighting for them to not only survive but thrive. I thought this was incredibly interesting because when I will speaking from my experience, when I looked at immigration and ICE, I kind of saw it as an issue that was faced predominantly by like the Hispanic community. And like when we look at the ICE protests on the front lines, we see like Mexican flags and all of that. But when you're actually researching it, you see that 44% of immigrants currently in ICE detention centers are Haitian and it's insane it's literally insane because i never even like realized that i think black voices sometimes can be left out of the conversation and so i think it's important to like come together and kind of have a conversation together because i think it's a issue that does affect both communities and of course um any kind of immigrant that comes into the country But I think it's super interesting also, because when we research our organizations, when we post what we're donating to, we do a couple slides on our page about why this is an important cause. And like, because it's important to educate people and know why their donations are so important and why um, we should consistently always be learning more and trying to do our best to like help.
0: Right. You're like not only like kind of learning yourself, you're really like educating other people about it too, which is super cool about your organization. Um, so when you guys kind of decided that this is something you're passionate about and you wanted to just jump in and start, what kind of steps did you take to actually start a business? Cause I know, um, for me, like that sounds like super complicated
1: and convoluted. So, um, how did you guys kind of get started? It was kind of pretty easy, actually. I thought it was going to be a lot harder, but really, we just need a platform on how to, on information on how they could, um, how are they supposed to do things. So we have our website with all our information and our Instagram with pictures and updates on what our business is going to do this week. And we, have our google form so people can order and it was really that's all we really needed um did you guys kind of notice anything i don't know maybe different about
0: starting a business during quarantine um it's it's kind of a unique time to
1: be an entrepreneur yeah <laughs> um ours is kind of easier because we like make things here and it's not like a big factory and we don't have to worry about all those things So when on like
2: my side I kind of just focus a lot on like what amount of donations we get and it's honestly like I get kind of stressed some weeks because I'm like I always want to get more and more but like it's especially with like donations what's like really like interesting is like our first week. Our first week we collected $189 which was incredible. It was so it was like our first like it was our first week of deliveries like everyone had reposted thankfully like all my friends had reposted other people from different schools reposted which was like vital to like if we don't spread awareness or like people don't repost we literally we won't get orders so it's (laughs) important so for example that first week we got 189 dollars, and i think we had like eight customers which is like because people would what would be the key is people will order, they'll order, um, just like say they'll order like two bundles of six cupcakes. That's $24. But then that first week everyone was really willing to donate. So everyone would donate like, okay, I'm gonna donate $20 extra. So now their total is like $48 if I need yeah, the math. <laughs>
1: double the amount of what they just originally want. Wow. Um and that was really amazing to see too, because I didn't think we were going to get that much money, but then I was actually looking into it and I was just like, wait, that could be really consistent since people like donating. And it just seems like a little amount of money until they put it all together.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it sounds like you're learning a lot about like business and finance through this experience. And I can't wait to see like how much you guys are going to grow. I mean, if this was like the first month, I can only imagine how much you guys will be able to help and contribute in the future. I'm super excited for that. Um, so, um, we kind of talked about the roles that you two kind of play and you guys are kind of like partnering like one business side and then the baking side. Um, do you know if there's any like advantages to having your sibling as your business partner? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're,
1: they're...
0: <laughs> or, no, you know, it's because if I really went into business with my siblings,
1: it would not end well. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sometimes it's really, really stressful, but then other times they just get right to the point. So it's kind of like, okay, you're doing it this wrong. Right. And it's kind of stressful, but really helpful at the same time. Because if it was just a friend, they wouldn't want to say something is bad or like something isn't working. Um, And we also have a, a really close friend that helps us a lot and she like kind of tastes them and she's really harsh too, so that's good.
2: But I think it's good that like our families, uh, I mean, our business is kind of like family oriented and like, so we have like, my my dad drives, my mom works on like the finances and donations. I do like social media and like kind of like accounting with my mom and Kamala does the baking. And then my friend comes over time and time to, my friend Georgie comes over time and time to taste cause she's the most harsh.
0: Honestly, if I went into business with one of my brothers, I think the business would fall within a day. I'm fairly certain. No.
2: There have been moments where we have had... Every week we fight. Every single week we fight, and there have been moments where I'm like, I'm quitting. (laughs)
1: quitting. Sometimes I literally just have to stop because I, I'm just like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing this anymore.
0: So, um, kind of shifting gears here a little bit. Um, what kind of inspires your cupcake recipes, Camilla?
1: Um, well, we, I really look on things that I could change because they're vegan, and um, I look at things to replace eggs because that's the main thing i worry about and i've seen a lot of things but um the the thing we have been using and has been working is applesauce because like fruits have this nutrients and like brings the cupcake and lets it bake um because without the eggs like it won't cook and it will just fall apart. But I really look for more things we can do. And a a bunch of, I also learn a lot more about baking, looking at um, other things to replace on how to make them vegan and um, new recipes I could do. Um, Well, we'll be right back with
0: more questions with Sarah and Camilla. So see you after the break. I just wanted to tell you how amazing OC Cupcakes for BLM is. So I ordered a mocha cupcake with a chocolate ganache and got it delivered right to my house, and it was amazing. It was so moist and delicious, and get this, most of their cupcakes are vegan. To order a delicious cupcake of your own and get one of their weekly specials, fill out the order form with the link in their Instagram bio at oc.blm.cupcakes. That's at oc.blm.cupcakes. You guys should definitely check it out. Now let's get back into the episode. So Welcome back. So you guys are not only super awesome at your cupcake business, but you're also trying to make an impact through it. So how have you guys been doing that?
2: the impact we've been making through it is mostly through, as we talked about before, just like um, bringing awareness to causes and not only just posting the organization and like, um, you know, like what they do, but like backing behind why, like it's so important that we bring focus and we bring light to this issue and also bring statistics to just better educate the people who are buying our cupcakes and just like, spreading awareness overall for the causes and also just making an impact through um the donations and just um trying to have a well-rounded effort where we address like where we're super intersectional and we address different things like when we're talking about like Isaiah and Fahim's um urban organically grown farm like we want to talk about like how only two percent of farms in the u.s i'm pretty sure that's a statistic two percent of farms are black owned in the u.s so like this is super important let's support them and also talk about environmental racism like why should we be worried about climate change why should we be like supporting these organically grown um industries
0: Um, So you guys also mentioned to me that you guys are trying to empower particularly youth involvement in the Black Lives Matter movement through your cupcake business. So why is it important
1: for young people to get involved? It's very important for young people to get involved because that's um, the world's future and that's our future. That's literally what we're going to be living in and we want to make a better impact on what's going on in the world. And we really wanna encourage others to help out as well because I'm 13 and Sarah 16 and that's very young. And oh, we just wanna let people know that they can do small things and make a great impact with it. And uh, they could do things that they could use their talents to help others and to help make a better future for us.
0: So right now with the kind of the Black Lives Matter movement, we're seeing like a big emphasis on kind of social media and like young people kind of trying to do their best to support. So do you believe that young people as it is are kind of like doing enough or is there something else that they could be doing?
2: Um, I would say like young people are super important in the movement. Like, Like even the videos which like of George Floyd, that sparked and like that um reached the magnitude it did because of instagram or like youtube i think this is like uh, i don't know if you've heard about it but it's like um the black lives matter movement may be like one of the biggest like events in u.s history and i think it's definitely like because this this movement like it's not it's just enlightens how huge of an issue this is because this didn't even, this movement didn't only take place in the United States. Like there are videos of like Japan, Germany, England, like Europe, literally everywhere is participating because how can you see that there's not a problem? It's like, it's not even people saying, oh, we hate America if we're doing this. Like people in other countries are saying that this is
0: an issue. So what are some like maybe small or big ways that young people can get involved and contribute?
1: They could do small things and help small businesses um, like ours and others, and they could do the small things like get their necessities from Black-owned businesses, like their goods and clothing and all the things they need, or like jewelry or whatever they want. There's always going to be like a small business that has that, that you can support and that makes a huge difference for so many people, and that helps so much, definitely since we're in quarantine now, um, because it's so hard for them, because they haven't been getting their cells up, and it's uh, a very hard time for them. So we just need to support each other.
0: So Sarah, you're also a part of a team that crafted a letter to inspire change and promote an anti-racist environment at your own school. So what inspired you to draft this letter?
2: i obviously i love osha like just want to put that out there like i'm not going to any other school because osha is incredible but there's always room for improvement so i was kind of looking at it and i was looking at like how they were going to make change and it's kind of from their perspective it's like interesting because they don't have many they i don't i think they have like one black dean and they don't have a single black academic teacher so who's going to speak for like the black students perspectives at the school when they're evaluating the changes that need to be made. A couple weeks go by and then I type up the letter and um, our president, Hannah Kim, she helped me edit it. And we also had a few other of my friends edit it. And yeah, on Juneteenth, which is the day that like um, slavery was abolished, we post mm-hmm. the letter and it gets a ton of, it just gets a ton of signatures and it just got a lot of support. And since then, um, we've had meetings with OSHA, we've had meetings with the Dean. Mr. Matoya, he's also like, um, he aids with BSU. He's our Black dean. And we've just gained a lot of support from the school, which is honestly really great.
0: So could you kind of talk about what kind of things in particular that, that you're looking to evolve or be better? Definitely. Okay,
2: so I think our first, our first thing was definitely like that comment, how about you start by hiring a single Black academic teacher? But what, yeah, but when we look at Hiring. Hiring is an extremely long process. We can't just expect a teacher to be hired off the spot. We need to see evaluations. And if we also look at Orange County's demographic, I think we have like a 2% Black population, which honestly is like, okay, it's okay. Because we can understand if the school doesn't have a Black academic teacher, unfortunately, but they can make an effort to have one. Anyhow, we understand that's a really long process. So we think um, Christina Miles actually recommended this to us on our Zoom. She was like, "We should have um, master classes taught by um, by POC artists. We should bring in more like diverse teachers to be teaching master classes because this is like a really good way that we can get immediate um, people that are in leadership positions and mentorship positions to be on campus." The second one was an idea that we called. The student activist initiative and this is basically um, a program we wanted to start and it would be that a couple times every semester we would have an event on 10th street where ethnic minority students would have the opportunity of having a booth and they could be selling treats and all the funds collected could be going to a humanitarian organization of their choice which personally affects their community so basically this is a really like dynamic way, I think, for us as a school to be promoting activism and for us to be cycling back um, funds into the communities our students are a part of and our students need aid in and are passionate about. And the third one is lastly, like how we see um, like in our education, we don't necessarily see a lot of curriculum or like books implemented in our, um, like the stuff that we're learning aren't usually like by POC or books written by people of color from perspectives of um, marginalized communities. So we thought it'd be really cool if we had a social injustice and diversity empowerment library on campus. Anyone could just go so easily, check out a book, they could educate themselves, they could find, they could be like, oh, I wanna read a book by an Asian American author. I want to read a book by a Latinx author on this, on like immigration or whatever it is, and they would know it's there.
0: That's absolutely inspiring. And I hope like people from other schools maybe listening to this are kind of getting ideas too. Um, yeah, exactly. Just like being inspired by what you guys are doing just at OSHA and kind of like implementing it in their own communities and their own schools. So um, how can students like find and support your Juneteenth letter? um the
2: juneteenth letter is in my bio on my instagram s-a-d-a-b-a-l-a-n-t-a Sada Volanta, and it's also on our link tree for um our cupcake account
0: so now it's a time for q a with questions submitted by listeners and to submit your own questions and hear your name on the air you can just follow at the bright eyed pod on instagram and submit your questions from there So Avery from Cerritos, California, asks, do you guys have any ideas for like future projects or treats for your cupcake business?
1: Definitely. We were thinking so much about um, making small, cute, customized cakes um, for a week and we just make cakes for that week and i started to think about that and i i really loved that idea i started looking up a bunch of ideas for that so we could so i could make some like one today and take pictures and see like how we would how they would look like um but people can definitely give us some more ideas and like dm us if they wanted um like an idea
0: So we've reached the end of the interview, and it's been an absolute pleasure talking to both of you. Um, I learned a lot just by listening to you guys, and I'm sure listeners learned a ton as well. But before we go, I want to ask you guys both this question. So if the whole world was listening to you right now, what would you say?
2: I am no longer accepting the things I cannot change. I am changing the things I cannot accept. Angela Davis. And I would also say, um, please donate to the Red Cross to help um, the explosion that that happened in Lebanon. Uh,
1: I think it would be like, follow what you're passionate about and use what your abilities to make a difference, a better impact on uh, people's future and to help others. And, (laughs) <laughs> and like spread awareness on what you're passionate about, and to let people know and educate people um, on what they can do to help, uh, like make a better impact and give advice on how to start making an impact and start being an activist.
0: Thank you guys so much for listening. And if you want to be a guest on the show, be sure to email me at thebrighteyedpod at gmail.com. I used to have an interest form with the link in my Instagram bio, but I changed that system to make it more simpler. So all you need to do is shoot me an email, introduce yourself, what you do, and why you want to come on the podcast. Talk to you soon.